Do you know the difference between the forest and the woods? If you're out hiking, walking through trees in a wilderness kind of area, how do you know if you're walking through the woods or if you're actually in the middle of a forest? There is a difference between the two. There really is. I'll explain it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Well, here we made it again to another Friday, and uh, boy, (laughs) just making our way through the month of January here. I am Josh Raymond, and I'm so glad to have you along for this hour of spiritual direction here on The Inner Life. So I have my own personal distinction of what I think of as the difference between the woods and a forest. I'll tell you my take on it in a moment, but first, according to the U.S. National Vegetation Classification System, yes, there really is a U.S. National Vegetation Classification System. I am not a member. Um, It distinguishes forests and woods based on the density of trees and the canopy. So if more than 60% of the land is covered by tree canopy, that's when you're in a forest. If it's less than 60%, but at least above 25% that's covered by tree canopy, then you're in the woods. Okay, so that's that's the definition, at least according to them. For me, I spent the first half of my life living in the western U.S. I was born in Northern California, lived in Oregon, in Idaho. Um, I was in Washington State a lot. When you're in that wilderness out west, the trees are almost exclusively pines. They're fir trees. And that's what I picture as a forest. Now, the second half of my life, I've spent living in the upper Midwest. And out here in Illinois and Wisconsin, Minnesota, all of those kind of areas, the wild areas with trees, the trees are primarily deciduous. And I think of hiking through that kind of landscape, well, that's where you're in the woods. So a number of years ago, my wife and I, we drove our kids out to the western states, Montana, Idaho, Washington. We showed them some of the places where we had grown up. We visited some of our extended family that still lived out in that area. And we also had set aside a little time to go camping. We went to this campground area. I'd gone there when I was a teenager and in my 20s. And it's out on the edge of the Rocky Mountains. I was able to show my kids what I considered a true forest. Nothing but those pine trees just densely packed in on the mountains there for miles and miles and miles. And so when we went camping, set up our tent, did the normal things that you do when you're camping. There was a lake where we were. We all went swimming. We hiked some of the trails. In the late afternoon, we'd start a campfire. We'd roast hot dogs and marshmallows. Very typical kind of thing. One of the nights, there was a ranger who was checking on some of the different areas in this campsite, and he told us that later that night— At about 10 o'clock, he was going to give a presentation down by his station, the ranger station area, and he was going to point out some of the different constellations in the night sky, the stars. And so that night, we all walked down to see his presentation, and it went on for a little while, but after about 45 minutes, I decided, well, I'm going to walk back to our campsite, I'm going to check out, make sure our fire is not burning too low or going out completely. So walking back to our tent just by myself. My wife and my kids stayed there with the ranger and the other people who were listening to him talk about the night sky. As I was walking by myself, I was really amazed at the stillness around me. It had been long enough that I hadn't been on my own 
by myself in that kind of setting. And it stood out. Just the, 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 the silence and only really hearing my own feet on the path, even my own breathing as I'm walking along. Even more, when I arrived and sat down at our campsite down there by the fire, and it burned down to just a few coals. It had a, a few small flames that were still going. But I was sitting there, and the silence in the night, it, it allowed me to hear things that I wouldn't have noticed otherwise. At this point now, I could hear little bugs buzzing around in the air. I could hear small rustlings of little animals off in the distance. I just sat in that stillness, enjoying the dark, enjoying those faint noises of the forest. Now, it didn't take very long. Within a few minutes, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 minutes, my wife, my kids, they came back. At that point, I threw a couple of logs on the fire. We sat around talking. The wood was starting to crackle as it was beginning to burn. And all of those quiet noises of the forest, they were gone now. They were lost to the activity, the sounds that we were all making. But have you ever experienced something like that where you realize in a silent moment Small things that you might be missing. What is it that you are oblivious to in your day because of the noise or the activity that surrounds you? What's passing by unnoticed? And more than just the physical world, what might you be missing spiritually because of the noise in your life? Is what God wants to say to you, is it being overlooked because there's no room for silence in your life? Is the Holy Spirit not able to get through to you because you can't hear what's being said? Well, today on The Inner Life, we want to spend this hour talking about the importance of silence in our spiritual lives and helping us look at this very important topic. Father Michael Martin is back with us once again. Father Mike is a Franciscan priest. He is the pastor of St. Philip Benizi uh, Parish in Jonesboro, Georgia. Father Mike, welcome back to The Inner Life. Uh, I'm so glad to have you here for this topic. Josh, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, a blessing uh, to be with you. And uh, you have, if uh, if this um, gig as a radio host doesn't work out for you, you could be a, a storyteller because I was envisioning you walking in the silence, I could almost, if I dare say, hear the silence as you were describing that moment. So uh, uh, it's good to, good to be with you to talk about a, a really wonderful dimension of the human experience, let alone of the Catholic journey. Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking about it today, too. I, I think there has never been a time in, well, definitely my lifetime, but probably all of humanity, where we, we seem to have less opportunity for silence than ever before. We're inundated with so much. And even just thinking about, you know, my kids and their phones, I, I have almost all notifications off on my phones outside of, you know, texts or phone calls that come through. Um, you know, certain emergency things like related to the weather, if there's going to be something like that. But right. but most of the time, my kids, uh, you know, teenagers, 20-something kids, they want those notifications. They, they, there's just that no opportunity for silence in our lives anymore, it seems. And before we start talking about maybe how we get to a place where we can experience that silent, that quietness that helps us in our spiritual growth, in, in the, our relationship with God. 
maybe we can talk about why is silence so important for our interior life and our spiritual growth? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I first of all, um, I, I think, as you mentioned, having this conversation on this topic at, at this time um, is is so important because I, I it's becoming a, a lost dynamic and uh, and it's not just young people. I, I um, you know, I find myself uh, captured in the same swirl that, um, you know, 18, 19, 30 year olds, you know, whatever. So I, I wouldn't want any of our um, uh, our folks listening. And hey, how many of us have been at mass um, when, you know, phones have gone right. off and the like? And and it's not some you know, 22 year old, it's usually some, yeah, sure. Maybe somebody some in their 40s, 50s, right, 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 60s. Exactly, yeah, exactly. absolutely. But I do think that the, uh, your question um, raises the concern of, um, you know, what happens in, uh, in the quiet, you know, and, and why it's essential, not just to the, the human experience, but in particular to the, um, to the, the journey of faith as disciples of Jesus, to be able to have time where the, the, the noise of the world, and I'm you know, talking about, you know, um, the, the crickets and the like, but the noise of the world uh, is, uh, we're separated from it. And we have such peace that can be found. It's not uh, it's not a, a coincidence that peace, uh, what we're what we're truly seeking, and what Jesus always brings to every encounter, peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you. That you know that word gets played um, uh, a lot of times uh, when we're talking about silence. You know, are we are we really looking for peace, and what does that all mean? So, really excited today to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. And as you're saying that, you know, where we want to find that peace, uh, I think there's also just the attitude that is so prevalent right now. I find this for myself, that if there is downtime, if there's empty space in our lives, we want to fill it up with activity. You know, I, if, if I'm having to wait for something else coming up, that, you know, that there's, there's that downtime— Okay, I, I'm not being productive. Well, I, I should be productive, you know, and that's kind of an attitude I've seen in myself. I've seen it with my wife, my kids. I see it in other people where it's hard for us to just sit and wait. Okay, what can I do? Are there emails I can respond to? Uh, you know, is there something I can do on my phone? Even pulling out a phone and saying, well, rather than sit here and just simply look like I'm waiting— I better look at my phone. That way I don't have to make eye contact with anybody, you know, if I'm in the doctor's <laughs> office or if I'm in an airport. You, you know what I'm saying, Father? Right. Yeah, I do. And I, um, and you're right, uh, acknowledging for all of us that all of myself included, we're all susceptible uh, to that same dynamic. And I think the, um, the lie that, um, that we've been fed uh, is that um, there's nothing um, worth our time in in the silence, and that unless we're producing, uh, unless we're engaging, and most importantly, the the biggest lie is, you know, the fear of missing out. That you know, unless I'm staying connected, 
I might miss something. Um, and invariably, we're not missing anything, you know. But what we really are missing is something far greater that could be found uh, in the silence. You know, we end up looking at Scripture. We can see in the life of Jesus where he would withdraw and he, he would pull away from everything and everyone. He would just go spend time alone. And, you know, he, it would say he'd even spend the entire night in prayer, not sleeping, but he'd spend the entire night in prayer. And then he'd come back in the morning and find his disciples, you know, wherever they were, you know, on the other side of the, the sea or the lake or, you know, whatever. Um, what, what do you think this should tell us as disciples, as followers of Christ, looking at the way he would... Um, you know, even though he had massive crowds that are following him day after day after day, he'd still pull away and make that time for silence, for alone, for that, that prayer time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, in the full humanity of Jesus, um, he, uh, he needed, you know, we can say that Jesus had needs. Um, and so even on an emotional level, um, he needed to withdrawal. And to, uh, you can imagine his public ministry was so, uh, such a, uh, a direction outward um, to, to others. It was giving of himself so, um, so powerfully, uh, you know, that even just to touch him was to see power to go out from him, you know. And so, he needed that time to pull back a little bit and to ponder and to reflect upon the uh, realities that were uh, that were taking place in his life. And so, if Jesus uh, felt the need to do that in uh, in the fullness of his humanity, how could we think ourselves not similarly uh, in need of of time to pull back and? If if nothing else, to process the realities of our own situation. How many times have you and I misconstrued a conversation with another? How many times have you and I misunderstood a, a, a situation or a circumstance? And without time to pull back into some silence, to be able to just spend some time by ourselves to appreciate those dynamics, the, the miscommunication, the misunderstanding that continues to move forward as a result of that never really gets addressed. And we find ourselves more separated, more alienated, uh, more out of sync with our brothers and sisters and with the Lord uh, than, than otherwise. If we Now, certainly for Jesus, he didn't have to pull back to do some examination of conscience. Uh, but uh, absolutely we do, you know, and so that's, uh, that's where uh, our time for quiet uh, differs uh, dramatically from Jesus's. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to open up the phones here to Father. Again, talking with Father Michael Martin, a Franciscan priest, pastor of St. Philip Benizi Parish in Jonesboro, Georgia, and talking about the importance of silence in our lives uh, today. How have you been able to create that quiet space in your life, and how has it helped you to find that peace that Father Mike is talking about, to be able to hear what God is saying to you? Or maybe it's extremely difficult for you 
to find that silent, that quiet space, that time. And you're looking for a little advice, you'd like to speak with Father, the phone number here into the studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Or you can email us at innerlife at relevantradio.com. Uh, Father, you know, one of the things that uh, before we we get too far down the road about separating ourselves to where we can find that silence, that quiet in our lives, also might be good to draw a bit of a distinction here between finding time alone for yourself but not isolating yourself, especially on a long-term basis. You know, cutting yourself off from everybody indefinitely, that's not going to be healthy for any Christian you know, we're part of the body of Christ. We're not meant to be alone. We shouldn't have this kind of attitude of, well, it's just Jesus and me. I don't need anybody else. Um, that That's not what we're saying here. Uh, we're, we're talking about silence that allows us to grow, of course, in our own relationship with Christ, but that also impacts those. And, and you kind of alluded to that in what you just said, that, you know, if we don't give that time, there can be problems in relationships, and we can't sever our relationships just in the pursuit of silence. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the, um, the monastic tradition, um, as well as the lives of the, the great hermits, you know, we just, uh, is it this week, uh, celebrated St. Anthony the Hermit at the beginning of the week, um, you know, that, that the, the sense of um, fleeing from the noise of the world um, is not really what we're talking about here. That is a is a unique call, and it's uh, it's lived out uh, very um, very differently than than what what we're here speaking about for the vast majority of uh, Christians uh, in the, in in our world. So, obvious or a- absolutely, we we don't want to. Um, try to drive people into the desert, so to speak, and on a continual basis or up the mountain where they just uh, hang out and, you know, try their best to avoid everyone else. That's not a healthy or a holy life, and that's not the monastic life, nor is it the uh, the life of a good hermit. So, um, but a- another distinction that I think is uh, important from the get-go to make is, um, you know, a, dis- a-, a differentiation between um, uh, silence and quiet, you know, that um, trying to find uh, silence too often, that word can sometimes have the connotation of an absolute, you know, that is the absence of noise. And we all know that even in our most, um, our most silent space or our most quiet place, um, there's still noise and there's nothing as compelling I think about the truth of that than when you're in your house and the power goes out and you think every, you know, you, you know, you might have all the television off and there's nothing going on. Everyone's quiet. But then when the power goes off, whoom, you know, there's That's the right. noise of the house that just shuts down and there is much more silent than it was. And so I just, I highlight that for our listeners we're not we're you and I we are not encouraging people to try to find that that si- that kind of absence of sound because it doesn't exist secondly um you can find the quiet that we're talking about in the midst of the hustle and bustle 
of, you know, downtown USA, wherever that might be. And so quiet is, um, is a, is a, is a more quantitative than qualitative distinction. And the other would be, you know, can I be quiet when I'm listening to someone else? So even it doesn't have to be found in a space where there are no words, but you know, can I put my internal tapes on pause while I'm being completely present to you as you're speaking to me. So there's even some quiet in that, which you wouldn't traditionally think of as quiet. So far from, you know, leaving the world, we're trying to engage the world, but we're trying to do it in a way where we are fueled by a quiet that places us in connection to our, our own spirit, and the Holy Spirit, uh, as well as the spirit of humanity and the spirit of the world. As you said, when you were telling your story at the, at the beginning, I just, I almost want to jump in and, and kind of say, that sounded like a religious experience that you were almost describing, that somehow that awareness of God in the midst of creation was powerful. And obviously, as a Franciscan, that's something that sure. speaks to my heart. So, yeah, I just rambled a little bit. No, there, no, 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 no. I, I, and, and I think you're exactly right. I think those moments where we do, you know, and, and maybe we can pick up on that in just a moment after the break here, because I think you're exactly right. You know, when you are out in nature, and there can be other, you know, events, it doesn't just have to be nature, but you can see the grandeur of God and his creation in different mm-hmm. ways. It might be uh, even in art, you know, you experience a beautiful song and you recognize, right. wow, the the beauty that God has given us, you know, in that moment that somebody can take and create, and how much more beautiful must the music in heaven be? It, you know, it does allow us to then take those thoughts and apply them in that, like you say, that religious experience, even though it might we not, might not be in a chapel, we might not be actively, you know, reading scripture or a right. life of one of the saints. But, but let, let's continue that and talk about how maybe we get past some of those distractions in our lives that really can kind of inhibit that experience of the quiet, the silence that we're talking about here. And again, if you're listening and you'd like to call in and speak with Father Michael Martin, our phone number into the studio, 888-914-9149. How have you been able to find and create that space of quiet, of silence, so that you can encounter God in a deeper, a more profound way. Maybe that's a difficult thing in your life. Whatever you have going on, it just seems like you never have that downtime, that 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 kind of alone time where you can find that silence. You can be able to hear what God wants to say to you. Our phone number into the studio, 888-914-9149. Back in just a moment with Father Michael Martin. Here on The Inner Life, you're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. 
All right, talking with Father Michael Martin today here on The Inner Life. He's a Franciscan priest, pastor of St. Philip Benizi Parish in Jonesboro, Georgia, talking about silence today. And again, that phone number you just heard, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Mike, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to the phones. We've got John, who's calling in, listening in Los Angeles. John, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Mike. Thanks, Father. Um, Father, my two most memorable moments of silence, one would have been at uh, St. Matthew Parish in Schaumburg. Father Glad was the pastor. Another time was Franciscan uh, um, Marytown up in Libertyville on of 176. But what those uh, what feels like great you know, golden moments and successes, there have been so many times of uh, you feel like you're coming up short, whether it's a one-minute, two-minute uh, quiet time. So I just Sort of thinking in terms of an athlete, how you feel like you, you fail so many times when you try to go towards silence. Um, but of course, I know there's some athletes that really try to go 10 out of 10, or instead of two out of 10 or three out of 10. But that's kind of my comment. Of something you hold on to those memories where you have it, but then you you have all those times where you feel like you're coming up incredibly short or short. So. You know. Yeah, John, I appreciate that. And uh, also thanks for the shout out to our friars at uh, Marytown. It's a, a wonderful ministry of our uh, of our community, and I'm glad it was a, a spiritual blessing uh, for you. I, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm not a big uh, Satan is, you know, prowling uh, around every corner kind of a guy, but I do think that the brokenness of our world uh, allows evil to translate um, good into something less than good. And so uh, as you uh, have tried to find some spaces for quiet, um, it gets translated into your mind as more failure than, uh, than I won't call it success, but I'll call it as, you know, a, a gift, you know. And so any of us who receive a gift... Uh, we don't, the first thing we do when we receive it isn't to look at its size or its scope and to say, well, it, it's not as big as I would have wanted it to be, but rather we're grateful uh, for the giver and we're grateful for the gift. And so I would start there and say, any any moment that you have of, of quiet um, is something we, we cherish and we, we celebrate. And, uh, and then we try and build upon it that you know we we get a taste for what that quiet can be knowing all all the while that you know it, it's going to be interrupted by distractions and we'll be talking about that in a bit but i would just i would just say to you that the desire within you to find those kinds of times um you know is is a holy gift and uh, be glad that you've got that gift and you have that uh, desire and also celebrate with joy the times when you have been able to even catch a few moments of quiet. I would just, let's not uh, equate quiet with uh, a, a deep spiritual moment, you know, the, the kind as John, you sort of referenced, you know, you, you kind of have like two major spiritual moments, you know, and that can come in the quiet. It can also come in the hustle and bustle of life, but more times than not, it comes in the quiet. Um, but it doesn't mean that every time we are in the quiet that automatically uh, those sort of uh, 
Mount Tabor types of moments are going to are going to hit. Um, rather, uh, much like the rest of life and, and a loving relationship, it's the regular, ordinary, everyday sitting in in peace with the Lord, sitting in peace with myself and with others that we have to search for. And sometimes that's going to be 30 seconds. Sometimes it's going to be 30 minutes. Um, but uh, as long as it's there's a regularity to it and we celebrate with gratitude the opportunities and the moments that we do receive. Yeah, John, thanks for calling in. Uh, Father, I, I, I appreciate what you said there too, you know, because again, you know, we talked about distinctions in the last segment, but this is one of those two where I think it's important. You know, if we're talking about a temptation we're struggling with, you know, that's one thing on the spiritual warfare side of things. Okay, you know, that that's where, yes, there might be something that's happening there that Satan or one of his demons are actively trying to draw us away from God. But when we talk about where we're trying to embrace silence so that we can encounter God in a more profound, a deeper way, yet we have our own distractions that come up, that's probably more just us being humans and <laughs> being fallen humans, as you said. Right. You know, we we can just get distracted easily. I mean, this happens even in conversations, you know, around our dinner table, where all of a sudden one thing, it just side rails, you know, uh, derails, and, right. and we get off onto this, this side tangent kind of conversation. But let's talk about dealing with distractions, because even when, for myself— I'm in silence, and I have the best of intentions. You know, I, I, I have got this time set aside to try and be in the presence of God, to try and hear what he's saying to me. It, it almost without fail, I regularly find my mind, it's just wandering to the things that maybe I need to do that day or what's coming up tomorrow, maybe something I need to pick up at the store. I wonder what the weather's going to be like. Any advice on how you can limit those kind of just natural distractions that your brain bounces back and forth to? Yeah, great question. And I, I tell you, um, there there are other dynamics that are at work in all of us that um, similarly um, maybe operate against the uh, the search for that peace. And some of it's physical, you know, that um, myself, I have a hearing condition, and, and one of the um, one of the byproducts of that is that I have a constant uh, ringing in my ears. And so, um, the the sad part about for me, uh, anytime I'm every day trying to pray or be in quiet, it only exacerbates the that I notice the ringing even more. You know, and it becomes almost in my mind louder <laughs> than than it was. Sure. And so, um, it, to me. I have to ask whether or not I'm seeking something to achieve, you know, such as quiet, or I'm disposing myself, and that's that's the action of quiet, is I'm settling myself for the Lord, and and so when I'm when my intention is that, the Lord can even be present in the distraction, and that to me, always brings me back to the quiet. The minute I recognize the distraction, I sort of smile and say, okay, Lord, I know you're with me in that thought that I was just having about some project I'm working on or some relationship I've got an issue with. 
I know you're with me in that. And that just brings me back to, you know, to, to trying to release in my mind those thoughts and just to be present in the quiet. So to, to beat ourselves up for the natural inclination of our, of our brains, as well as the rest of our bodies is, um, you know, is, is really, a it's, it's futile, you know, I mean, just why go there rather see Christ, see the Holy spirit in that distraction. And I think the greater sense of peace will come rather than the, the, because the end is not the quiet. That's not the end we're seeking. The end is the peace that, that comes from a true awareness of the presence of God. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking for the times where I get distracted. Things that are, you know, external for me, one of the most prominent ones would be my kids. You know, okay, right. I've got that little quiet time. And rather than responding with annoyance, being able to respond with the the recognition and appreciation, this is a child you've given me, God. And then even inviting that child into that time of prayer or quiet or, yeah. or reflection, um, it, it changes the whole dynamic from one of irritation and annoyance to, uh, you know, one of, okay, well, how do, I, how do I encounter silence in the midst of somebody else and recognize you there, God? Yeah, that's so well said, Josh. I mean, and I think, first of all, the witness value of being able to share in that moment with your child depending on their age or whatever, just to, you know, if they're able to appreciate you saying, I, I, you know, I was just spending some quiet time with Jesus, but I'm happy to, to hear what your question is or to address whatever your need is, or to even if they're, depending on what it is, to be able to say, I'm taking some quiet time right now with the Lord. Is this something that could wait another 15, 20 minutes? If not, I'm, I'm here. Let me know. You know what I'm saying? And so right. It can be a witness. They about can see the, that there's a priority yes, there. Yeah. Yes. And that and that you take your relational time with Jesus um, seriously, but it's not this absolute that you know. Um, don't talk to Dad because he's in you know his mantra. You know, like come on. You know that's your kid, and they, they, they whether they understand that <laughs> yeah. or need that. You know, only you know best. Uh, talking with Father Michael Martin again here today on The Inner Life and our phone number to join the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And talking about silence, how we find that silence, how we experience that, how we can limit those distractions. Maybe those distractions are difficult for you. You have a question for Father Mike. Again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. Father Kat. Kathy is listening in Stockton, California. Kathy, thanks for calling in. You're on the air with Father Mike. Good morning. How, how are you gentlemen? Very well. Doing great. Thanks for asking. Well, you guys are talking on a subject I've been praying a lot about. Um, when I'm in prayer and I'm trying to be silent before him and just listen to him, you guys touched a little bit on those different distractions, and I thank you for that. Um, but I feel like I'm always, like, praying silently. You know, like, my mind, I either have to be continually thanking him 
and, and I'm having a difficult time just trying to be silent, and I'm seeking that. You know, I, I pray, Lord, just help me just to be at your feet and listen to you. Um, is that, like, normal? <laughs> or what, what, what else is, uh, I know, like I said, the enemy or natural things, there could be different things, and I just give it to him. But but even in when I'm just trying to be silent and still before him and not even be speaking to him, even in my silent prayers, do you have any direction on that? Kathy, you, you, I mean, I've said that same prayer. I, I can't speak for Josh, but I'm guessing he could say the same, you know, and, and all of us who desire, deeply desire to be with the Lord, we, we, we say that prayer either in those words or one similar to it where... Um, and at the heart of what you're saying, if you think about it, is an acknowledgement of a truth that's uh, so scriptural and so much a part of our Catholic tradition that, you know, it's not we who pray, but it's it's the Holy Spirit within us who prays, you know. And so um, when we begin to uh, reflect upon that and acknowledge that I'm in a divine relationship here, that my my workings, my brain functioning, you know, my thoughts, while holy and good, are not the be all and end all here. But this this is a divine operation that's going on in me, and it's slightly above my pay grade. You know what I mean? Like that, I may not have this the the awareness, but I am very willing to let the Holy Spirit run and and take me. Uh, take me wherever. And so, as you say, sort of coming back to, I want the right uh, mindset. I, I don't have to say words necessarily. Those are all spot on. And just stay there. Keep keep going back to that space. I think you're in a great space. Um, just know that the, you know, again, it's like that Merton prayer that I always love to reflect upon. You know, I uh, I know that the the desire to please you does in fact please you, Thomas Merton says. Um, and, and sometimes in our prayer life, that's all we can say. I, I desire to have a, a pleasing prayer relationship with you, even though, Lord, if I, my practice of it is is flawed or what have you. But I, I, man, listening to you, I just give thanks and rejoice in where the Holy Spirit's leading you. Don't, um, don't let anyone tell you that you're somehow missing the boat, uh, you're, you're, you're spot on. Uh, you know, Father, in listening to Kathy and then John, who had called earlier, uh, there's kind of that theme that we heard John start with that, okay, I want, I want to do better at this, but there's this perception of, I don't think I'm doing it right. I think I'm failing more often than I am succeeding in this. And I think that could also be another area where we could fall into a little bit of a trap there, that we we probably aren't going to get it right immediately, and that's why we all are on a spiritual journey. It's not that we're going to arrive at our destination of having perfection you know, next week or next month, and great. The rest of our life, we don't have to struggle with temptation or sin, and we have perfect clarity of communication with God. No, that's not what it's going to be. It's a gradual process, and if, if we can 
recognize and be at peace with that, it probably allows us to enjoy those little moments of growth so much more rather than feeling like we're, you know, I, sh- I, I get discouraged because I'm not getting it all perfect right away. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're, you've hit the nail on the head there, Josh. I, um, I, I love uh, just people watching in restaurants. And, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you see an elderly couple sitting across the table from each other uh, and uh, maybe two tables over, there's, you know, a, uh, early, a couple in their early 20s. And oftentimes the differentiation there is that the elderly couple is probably saying very little while the younger couple is, you know, in, in deep and constant uh, conversation, and yet both are beautiful, you know. And, it, and so the elderly couple has just gotten to a place in their relationship where maybe they just don't need to use words anymore, you know. And uh, and the younger couple is in a place where the words are a real, real rich blessing. Um, so to say that, that one is better than the other is... Uh, is somewhat immature, I guess. Right, a little short-sighted. Short-sighted, yeah. Yeah. So I I think acknowledging that, um, as you say, uh, it's it's about the the process more than the destination. I know that's been oversaid, but I I think it's oversaid because it's true. Right, right. Yeah, God is continually working in our lives. And yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, okay. You can't, you, can't, you can't say any relationship is a destination. Right. You know, every relationship is a, a, a continuing journey and, and being open to where the Spirit leads us in that moment with that, the Lord in prayer is key. Yeah, that, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Every relationship, you know, not just the one with God. You know, if, if you have a relationship with your parents, of course, that has evolved and changed as you've grown older, as they've grown older. You know, and you talk about the couples that you see there in the restaurant. Those relationships evolve and change. Uh, again, talking with Father Mike Martin here today on The Inner Life, the phone number to call in and speak with Father, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Back in just a moment with more from Father Michael and more of your phone calls here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Talking today with Father Michael Martin. He's a Franciscan priest, pastor of St. Philip Benizi Parish in Jonesboro, Georgia. Talking about how we find, how we encounter silence in our lives, the importance of that silence so that we can hear what God is saying to us. And again, taking your phone calls, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Michelle who's calling in, listening in St. John, Indiana. Michelle, glad to have you here on The Inner Life. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, the question I had was... Um, Sometimes I think um, we think of silence as being, you know, like isolated and alone in a room with no sound, you know. Um, But I have experienced a bit of silence, you know, where the chatter in your mind kind of like ceases as I'm doing an activity. Would I still be experiencing that same 
silence um, is like a hobby. Like for me, you know, would be doing or working on like my hobby where now suddenly all my worries, my concerns, they've all kind of melted away. And all I hear is the sound of what it is I'm working on. Um, is that considered the same thing? You know, it's a, um, an interesting take that I, I would like to, um, rather than speak definitively, I, I would rather just push, not kind of throw it back to you, but um, tell us what you think have been the fruits of that for you. The chatter kind of um, just kind of melts away in my mm. mind, the things that I'm worried about. <clears throat> or stressing about, and there's just actual silence where I'm just only focused on, you know, what that activity is. I, I, I don't know. It's sort of like you invite God into that silence to kind of hear, you know, hear his voice. Yeah, I, I think the... Be I, alone or isolated. Um, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, there sounds like there's uh, there's goodness in that. And uh, not my years of uh, being a runner are, you know, very far in my rearview mirror, but I think runners have a similar dynamic that, you know, it, it may not be uh, um, silent, but there's a peace that comes with the, you know, with that exercise or, as you say, you know, crafting in some form or fashion or even writing, you know, sometimes there's a um, there are maybe different expressions of that peace that um, brings us into communion uh, or allows us uh, to let some of the, the struggles of everyday life uh, dissipate uh, for a time. And so I, I, I think the more we narrowly construe some of these things, uh, the more we limit uh, God's ability to work within us. And so I, you know, it just sounds to me like it's it's a blessing for you. Keep doing it, you know. One of the things I remember hearing, Father, um, years ago, somebody was curious about. Okay, yeah, if I go running, if I'm jogging, is there any problem if I'm trying to pray the Rosary at the same time? And you know, my initial thought was, well, <laughs> no, that's great. You know, if you're going to do that, um, the the thing that I remember, um, and I don't even remember who who was being asked this, but their response was, well, as long as if if you are moving at a pace where with somebody else, you know, jogging with you, you could still have a bit of a conversation. You're probably okay if you're moving at such a fast pace in your jogging that it would be hard for you to have a conversation to concentrate on what somebody else was saying, then you're probably beyond what you'd be able to do in meditating upon the mysteries of the rosary, on focusing on those prayers. I, I, I always appreciated that as kind of a guideline. Okay, if I'm so engrossed in what I'm doing here, yeah, it cuts out all that noise and all that chatter in my own mind, but I can't focus on anything other than the activity, or that's the majority of my focus, well, then it's probably shortchanging me in that spiritual, uh, you know, d desire that I have there. So I, I, you know, have to find some kind of balance there that it's not, it's not so uh, taxing. Consuming. Yes. Consuming, yeah. I, that's a great uh, uh, way to, I think, frame that for... Uh... Uh, for Michelle to be able to say, you know, is it uh, is it so consuming that uh, even though you're 
the voices of everyday life sort of fade away, which is healthy and good and, you know, a, a great thing to do, but it may not raise rise to the level of the kind of quiet that we're seeking by trying to be in Christ's presence. All the while, we we know that God's with us in all of it, whether we're running at a, you know, 20 mile an hour clip or uh, or we're, you know, really focused on our work or whatever it might be. So, but I, I think that's a great way to look at it in terms of how consuming of me is that operation or that work. You know, we're down to our last couple minutes here, but let's also talk about somebody who maybe doesn't want to be alone in that silence. And there's one person in particular I'm thinking of that I, I, I know she really always wants noise around her. She deals with mental health issues, with depression. So I think she's honestly just afraid to be alone in the quiet with her own thoughts because she doesn't like where those thoughts end up leading her. That's a very difficult situation. Any advice for someone who really is kind of scared to face that silence and then by that face themselves? I, you know, I think anytime we're dealing with folks who have some sort of uh, dynamic in their lives that creates uh, that kind of um, reality, we want to, first of all, commit our prayer for them to be able to say, we are with you. And that's sometimes the beauty of the church is that, um, you know, the, the church who prays for all in the church. And so if you can't be in that quiet space, know that there are other people praying with you and for you on your behalf. And so um, just take that as, as a point of comfort. Secondly, hopefully you're getting the help that you need to be able to confront some of those fears and know that that work that you're doing in confronting some of that, to whatever extent it can um, move the needle for you, and even if it doesn't, the fact that you're doing that is there's a, there's a holy operation going on there as well. Uh, and lastly, I would just say that um, there are degrees of silence, you know, and, and, and degrees of quiet. And so um, you may not be able to go to that space where, where you're as comfortable seeing yourself or hearing God speak to you about yourself, but uh, you can do it, uh, again, with nature or in other ways, uh, even, you know, ways that help you to connect with other people. So do what you can. Beautiful. Father Mike, always good to talk with you. And uh, we've got about 15 seconds here for a final blessing. May the Lord continue to give us his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, thanks so much, Father Mike. Look forward to speaking with you again in the near future. And thank you for listening and being a part of the program. If you joined us late, as I always say, you probably know it by heart. Go find the podcast. It'll be posted here shortly at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Look forward to seeing you back here on Monday for another edition of The Inner Life. Hope you have a blessed weekend. Stay tuned. Mass, of course, starts right now here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.